0: Baseball Italian Style brings together the memories of major leaguers of Italian heritage whose collective careers span nine decades, from the 1930s to the present. In these first-person accounts, baseball fans will meet the players they cheered as heroes or jeered as adversaries, as well as coaches, managers, front office executives, and umpires at an intimate level. Join author Lawrence Baldassaro and some of the pillars of our national pastime in these historic and never-before-heard interviews. Baseball Italian Style starts now. Boa, April twenty third, two thousand sixteen. Well, what is the game meant to you? You've
1: been in it a long time. What has it meant to you? Like? Well, it's been my whole life, really. I've been I was around it since I was able to walk. My dad was a minor league player, he managed in AAA, so. But there was a bat and ball in the house. And then obviously uh, being able to play in the big leagues and move through the Philly system in a pretty fast manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's something that you don't you don't take it for granted. You respect the game. I've always respected the game. You try to stay humble in this game. Uh, you can't get too high. You can't get too down. It's You, you have to be... On the East Coast, anyway, you, you better be mentally tough to handle all the adversity and the expectations that people put on you. You know, it's on the East Coast. It's a live and die sport. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was I was always taught just play the game hard. No matter what the score is, no matter what you're doing personally, if you're 0 for four, four for four, play each game like it might be your last game. That's how I basically approached it ever since I put on the uniform.
0: When did you first think about
1: playing professionally? To be honest with you, I wanted to play professionally, but, you know, I was small. So I knew the odds were probably against me. But uh, I used to watch games on TV. I remember staying home watching. Uh, my mom let me stay home and uh, watch the World Series in 56 mm-hmm. with Larson. We kept score together, my mom and me, uh, when we threw the perfect game. So, I mean, watching. When I was growing up, the Yankees were on every Saturday. so that was my favorite team because they were on TV. So, you know, watching them play, I mean, and then watching guys like uh, Nelly Fox and Louie Aparicio, small guys, you know, you felt, hey, these guys are not real big, maybe something could happen here.
0: What about Rizzuto?
1: I love watching those guys, all, all little guys. All right. I, I just, uh, you know, my dad always told me you don't have to be big to play this game in stature, you know, you got to be able to be a smart player and and, and when I was growing up, it was when you played in the middle, you catch everything. It, whatever you hit's a bonus. You know, obviously the game has changed in that aspect. Uh, but uh, moving runners, stealing bases, making routine plays. You know, I was fundamentals were. My dad taught me fundamentals since I was in little league, so that's why it bothers me sometimes when you watch games that as basic as a bunny as guys can't do it. You know, it's. It's sort of uh, it doesn't really show you the real meaning of the game because to me you got to be able to do everything and guys just and it's not their fault too I mean obviously these the people that own these teams pay guys on home runs and RBIs and yeah. fundamentals are sort of thrown under the rug it's
0: always amazing when I watch a rundown you really see it done properly. I always see five throws. Yeah, there should be two at the most. <laughs> That's why I like watching
1: uh, Kansas City. You know, they're fundamentally a sound team. I like watching the Giants. They're fundamentally a sound team. They put the ball in play. They don't have six guys to strike out 140 times. Uh, and uh, but you know when you have the sabermetric people say, "What's a big deal? Of the strikeouts?" There's a lot about strikeouts. That means you're not putting it in play. That means nothing bad can happen. Put it in play, a guy's throwing it away, take a bat hop, you get a base hit. Uh, it, it's a stupid statement to make, and, and the people that make those statements to me, they have no knowledge of the game of baseball.
0: What, uh, what would you say is the toughest part of life in the majors, either as a player, as a coach, manager?
1: Uh, I, I'd say the daily grind of playing every day. Uh, you know, I mean, you're going into different time zones, uh, and if you're a regular, everyday player, I mean, uh, I used to pride myself on playing a lot. I played a lot of games. I um, knock on wood, I didn't get hurt that much, you know. I so I mean, t- I took a lot of pride in just going out there. But I think the grind of, of an everyday, and again, that starts with mental toughness. You got to be able, when you're working out in the winter, you're working out to play every day, not four days a week or five days you're working out to play 150 plus games you know you're going to get your days off but for the most part you know your mindset is I'm going to play every day
0: mm-hmm. what um, what motivates you to stay in the game or in the I like teaching I, I like trying to help out
1: now, even though some guys you know they're setting their ways and the barriers up that they're in the big leagues and they don't need any help so you, you, what I try to do is I never force anything on them I suggest things if they want to do it fine if they don't you know that's that's up to them I don't I don't ever say this is the way I did it I want you to do it that way everybody's different uh, I learned that though the hard way you know I thought I thought everyone should have my work ethic I guarantee I tell these guys even in spring training I guarantee every one of you guys have more ability than me but I don't know if you have the drive or the desire and uh, you know it's just it's it's more than just a build. There's a lot more involved in it. So well, the
0: ability difference can't be that great when you get to this arena. No, it's not. But it's up here, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's up there. It's
1: being able to deal with 0 for 15s, 0 for 16s. It's being able to deal with making an error in the eighth inning and losing the game. Uh, you got to be able to turn the page. Uh, I always wanted every ball hit to me. I don't care if I made an error or didn't make an error. I wanted every ball hit to me. But again my work ethic was different I, I took 50 to 60 ground balls every day didn't matter i mean now you say oh don't take too many ground balls you get tired i just shake my head when i when i hear stuff like that where do you think that work ethic came from my dad no question not only was he did he was have a great work ethic when he played but as a dad he had two and three jobs he had to do and you know, we didn't come from a lot of money like my dad so I'd see him get up at 5 in the morning and come home at 8 at night, you know, every day. And yet on the weekends, he always had time for me to go to the park and play. He never, ever said, let's go, you know, if I wanted to go hit or take ground balls, if I said, Dad, let's go, he was right there, so. Do you think that had anything to do with the Italian heritage? Of your oh, I'm sure. It, my Italians are known for working hard and uh, taking care of their families and, uh, you know, just being being there for their families. And, you know, that, that was my dad.
0: I know your mom wasn't an Italian No, she was
1: Slavic. She was another tough person. The, the Slavonians were... She played softball. Um, and uh, I got a lot of mental toughness from her, too. Uh-huh. So as a kid, did you have a sense of
0: your Italian heritage? Was that a part of you?
1: Yeah, because my... My great-grandmother and my grandmother, they, they spoke a lot of Italian. Oh, really? I mean, I, don't, I, I, I couldn't tell you Italian, but yeah. my grandmother and uh, my great-grandmother, they came, they lived a long life and they uh, they spoke Italian. And again, they raised a lot of kids and they worked hard. And I think the Italian uh, generation, they, they never took anything for granted. You know, you have to work and earn your way. Yeah. No one was going to give you anything, and I, to this day I, I respect that. I just—that's I just, uh, why when I see these guys come up and it's—they want entitlement right away. It, I just shake my head and say, "Yeah, this is unbelievable." But it's a different generation now, and in order to stay in the game as a coach now, whether I managed or coach, you got to be able to make the adjustment. Or because there's things that happen now that if you wanted, it could bug you every day, and I just. I, I just say to myself, it's just different. Right. You know, it's a different generation now.
0: So, it was your great grandparents that came from Italy.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: well, your grandfa- great grandfather and right, right. You don't, you didn't remember where they're from.
1: Exactly no, you know, I feel, it, that's something to this day that I want to do, and I've never gone to Italy, you know, mm. and I want to oh, go to yeah, Italy. You should, yeah. Uh, you know, I, there's there's a lot of tradition there from our family, and uh, that's something I I hopefully that will come about
0: say something more about how the game has changed since you started
1: uh well obviously the rules are different the slide rule at home the slide rule at second uh, just i have a sense you're not thrilled with the new slide rule. neither one of them neither one of them the game's the game uh if a catcher wants to block the plate let him block the plate if he doesn't want to he doesn't have to if it's second base, I'm not I'm not in for dirty play. But I was always taught to break up a double play if it if it means scoring a run
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a clean manner. Yeah. And you know, to this day, I'll I'll say the same thing about Chase Utley. What he did, it was a late slide. It wasn't a dirty. It was a late slide. And I don't I don't advocate late slide. But as a middle infielder, once the shortstop turns his back, he's got to know that's not a double play. So get the out and get out of the way. So I mean things like that. Uh, warnings on breaking balls if a guy hits you with a breaking ball okay that's a warning I mean come on um, what about instant replay? you know I, I guess that's a sign of the time because the, you know the more I analyze that with the extra wild card teams are going getting the wild card by one game if it means getting the call right you know I, I'm willing to make that you know hey let's get it right it doesn't matter uh, I do think that it puts more pressure on umpires. I think the umpires, when we play, an umpire establishes strike zone in the first inning, and, and you made the adjustment. That's how it should be. Every umpire is different, but now it's they're getting graded on if the ball's in the box. And to me, it's a lot of pressure on an umpire. And these, these instant replays. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't get any of them right if I was an umpire. I mean, you wonder how God, how do you, how do he come make that call? Because they're right a lot of the times. But then on the other hand, it, uh, we've had some calls already in 20 games, eight well, 17 games in, where the calls got overturned. So mm-hmm. if you get it right, I guess that's the bottom line. But it's, it's
0: definitely different. As you look back, are there certain memories that stand out in your mind? Uh, World you know, that's that's ultimate for me, winning the World Series. Uh, you
1: know, that's, that's your goal. Uh, we got in the playoffs a lot of years in a row and we all came up short because we played the big red machine or the Dodgers but we had good teams and then to finally uh, to get over the hump and to see the parade and all the people that came out is something that stays with you forever so that was something that um, you know all the individual stuff all star games you know, I played five of them my one gold gloves I hit 300 I, I can honestly tell you that sitting here, I, I I know a lot of my buddies that played saying, God, I wish I'd have done that when I played. I did everything I wanted to do. I played as hard as I could. I got the most out of my ability. And so I sit back and watch and I'm, you know, no one thought I'd get a thousand hits, let alone get two thousand hits because I was an out. I'll be honest with you. When I came up, I was an out. But I, I worked at it. I persevered. I had a hitting coach, Billy DeMars, who probably worked with me more than anybody ever and we learned how to hit so uh, it, was, it I just put in a lot of hard hard hours a lot of long hours not just during the season during the winter time I didn't take any days off I might have taken two weeks after the season's over just to unwind but I'd be right back at it again and I approach spring training every year even making the all-stars five times like I had to win a job. That was my mentality. I got to win a job no matter what I did last year. People are waiting to take my job. So that's how I approached it. I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys don't, don't feel that way. but And I think it made me a better person playing the game that way.
0: Look back on your career. Right? You said five All-Stars, two Gold Gloves, World Series, Manager of the Year. Do you look back and do you think maybe your career has been undervalued or underestimated? Uh, you know, I don't worry about that,
1: but, you know, when people bring it up to me, they get—they they tell me to look at Phil Rizzuto's numbers or uh, Apparicio's numbers, and, you know, they're in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't look at it that way. I mean, just to be considered, like people saying, man, he was pretty good. That's all I really care about. I mean, it'd be great to do that, but that was the farthest thing from my mind even being talked about when I was coming up I just wanted to play in the big leagues so uh, you know I'm just happy the way everything unfolded for me
0: when we spoke the other time you mentioned uh, how important Frank Lucchese was to you he gave you the chance to play. yes he did so as you look back were there other managers were there... Bob Roman my very first manager
1: uh, you know my very first game I struck out like four times it's kid from Sacramento and I, I remember sitting in my locker and uh, he said you alright and I said man if, if, if baseball is like this you guys might as well send me home and he said well this guy's going to be something special and it was Nolan Ryan So, and I'm playing in Spartanburg South Carolina and the lights are about as, as bright as when you turn on your lamp to read at night and, uh, and I, I didn't switch it then I was right handed obviously he had a lot to do with me getting on the other side of the that was your first year of the your first game. Very first game. Four strikeouts. Yep, and I never struck out. But trust me, I mean, when I say never, I, yeah. I never did four strikeouts. So, I, you know, I kept, I was still a right-handed hitter. And then when I went to uh, Bob Skinner, another guy that had an integral part of me getting to the big leagues, I literally, in 69, made the team as a utility player. And he called me in he says, we're sort of at a dilemma here he says you can make this team right now be a utility player or you can go down and learn how to switch it at triple and i said i, I don't want to play utility i said i'll go down and learn how to switch it and so all those years hitting right-handed i had to go to AAA and learn how to hit left-handed and again frankly casey was the manager so obviously it was very ugly at the beginning i think i ended up hitting 250 or 60 that year but you know when someone tells you to eat with your right hand now all of a sudden you're 22 years old and they say put this in your left hand and do this it was hard you had
0: never tried it? never wow never never knew that?
1: no so I I think that conversation with him had a lot to do with me getting to the big leagues I could have very easily I mean I look back on that and I'm saying what a dope why didn't you say I'll, I'll play in the big leagues as a utility player but I rolled the dice and said I want to play every day so, it off. Yeah, it did pay off. What about other managers that over the years you've admired and respected? Uh, I respect the heck out of Joe Torre. I mean, I, I really, uh, Lou Pinella, uh, Jimmy Leland, uh, those guys, uh, what they've done in baseball as managers, uh, Tony Larusa, you know, to mold teams like they did. Uh, and, and, you know, to have that instant respectability that they get. Uh, you look back on that, and uh, Danny Ozark was a great guy for our team because we had a bunch of rebel rousers and he was quiet. And, and uh, he let us do our thing. Dallas Green, got that put his, put his foot up our ass, you know, when we had to. Do? Uh, so there's, there's a lot of guys, really. So when you became a manager, did you learn from just watching it? Yeah, I did, I did. I, you know, the only thing, if, if there was a regret, maybe uh, getting another chance, you know, to manage. Uh, I had a couple of interviews. I thought, you know, like this last year was Miami. I, basically, I had a bunch of people tell me if Donnie didn't quit huh. the Dodgers, that I had a good shot at managing that team. But, you know, what, what baseball, to me... It, if there is a negative in baseball that you get labeled and people don't think that you change so obviously when I took over well in Philly I basically I took over a team of lost a 100 games every year four or five years and then every year I managed it we were over 500 so I, I feel a little bit responsible for changing the culture of that, that clubhouse uh, obviously I wasn't around to reap the, the benefits but, uh, but you know it, it, that, that's the one area I, I think that baseballs, they, they label people, you know, and
0: uh, people do change.
1: But, you know, that's just the way baseball is.
0: Did you approach managing as a teacher or as somebody who had to oversee the whole team? Probably oversee the whole thing. And, and
1: looking back, I think you have to delegate coaches. I mean, you, you got enough to worry about with the media and strategy and pitchers. And, so uh, uh, you know, hindsight being 2020, you
0: like to see you like to see them do uh, do their thing. About that fine line between being the manager, and, you know, having to command the team, the players, and yet not doing it in such a way that you lose them. I
1: said. Yeah, that, I mean that, that's tough. You know, people know. I mean, Dan Pleischak would be the first to tell you. You know, he loved playing for me, and he said. He's shocked that some people say, well, Bo was tough. And he says, it's like these guys that signed up for Indiana basketball. They knew what Bobby Knight was all about. And they still went there. So, uh, that was a pretty good correlation, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, but I don't, uh, I'm just that way. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, whether I'm mad or I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I've always done that. So it's not a matter of being a front runner. When I'm mad, I'm mad. Uh, and when I'm happy, I'm happy. Uh, I don't like losing. I don't care. I used to play my daughter in gym. And as bad as it sounds, when she beat me in gin, I'd get mad. So I like winning. I like winning even though, like right now, we're going through a rebuilding center. I still don't like it when we lose. And I know when we came into this, I've heard it from the executives, hey, this is going to be tough. you got to battle through it. And I understand that. And, and I'm I've done that, but I still don't like losing, it's just the way I am. I'll never accept losing. I'll, I'll learn,
0: I've learned how to deal with it, but I'll never accept it. You played with one of the uh, all-time great pitchers, obviously, Steve Carlton. Who were the guys that were toughest for you? to hit at first everybody
1: (laughs) no there's a lot of Ryan uh, Bob Gibson Seaver they're all all Hall of Fame pitchers but you know that's why some of the times when these kids ask me did you ever face any good pitchers like I said let me tell you something if they had the guns they have now those things would all register 95 98 It's completely different. The only thing different is the mentality of pitchers today. They don't like pitching inside or they're they're not taught to, whereas those guys, they weren't mean. If you took a hard swing or fell down, the next pitch would be up and in. It's one thing facing a good pitcher that you know is going to be around the plate, but then facing a good pitcher that had a mean streak down his back, it it was different. We didn't have all that armor or all that stuff. What was worse in that regard, Ryan or Gibson? I'd have to say Nolan. <laughs> I just, Nolan had that. They were both, well obviously, Hall of Fame people, but they had that mean streak in them, man. If you got a hit, you ran down there and just. You didn't gloat, you didn't flip, you didn't do shit. You just got down there and said, Thank you for letting me have the ability to get a hit off of him. You didn't stare at him if you threw one up at in. You didn't do that stuff. All right. So those are the days if a guy in front of you had a home run, you went down. It didn't matter. If you were singles here, I mean, it didn't matter. Uh, that's just the way the game was, and you expected it. That's just the way it was played. Yeah. Who do you see today uh,
0: among pitchers that you think are outstanding? Well, Syndergaard stands out real big in my mind. Uh,
1: four pitches, great velocity, got a little main streak, you know, it looks like. Hmm. There's a lot of good pitchers now. I mean, uh, I, I just think that the, uh, with the, the philosophy that these trainers have now, the, the information they have, the diets they go on, uh, the personal trainers they have, obviously the conditions are better. Um, there's, there's a lot of good pitchers. I mean, you could go on every team and say, Bob Garner, he's, he's Kershaw. I uh, had the ability, I mean, it, I, I was very fortunate to coach in, in L.A. when he first came up and to watch him go through that maturation process. But there's, you can go on every team, and there's some real good talent on the mound. What about non-pitchers? Who are the great all-around ball players or great hitters? Well, I love watching uh, McCutcheon play. Uh, I like Bryce Harper the way he plays the game Trout uh, I, I just like the way that uh, uh I like the way Rizzo handles himself very professional uh there's there's a lot of guys uh Votto good hitter uh, again Posey there's 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 so many good good baseball players now uh you know, I just wish that all these players had that that they were fundamentally sound, you know. The ones I mentioned are pretty much fundamentally sound, and that's why they're such great players. What
0: about when you were playing? You stood out.
1: Of course, you had Mike Schmidt. Huh? Hey, oh, Schmidt was great. Uh, I used to love watching Willie started to play. I had the very, I was very lucky to play one year. My first year, I got to see uh, Roberto Clemente. That was something special. Um, Johnny Bench Pete uh, I mean those good, the, the Dodgers in that infield um, there's a lot of good players to play when we play I mean the competition uh, between me and Davey Concepcion you know he was, obviously had more power than I did but it was that friendly competition we had and, uh, Bill Russell and uh, a lot of good things happen when we play. You talk about
0: the Dodgers infield. What about, you know, when Steve Sachs went through that time when he couldn't throw yeah. the ball satellite?
1: I mean, I, mean I never had that, but, I mean, I, I felt sorry for him. I mean, uh, it's just a mental thing. Steve Blass had it with the yeah. Pirates yeah. when he pitched. Yeah. It was a great pitcher. All of a sudden, he can't throw the ball with the plate. It just, you know, mentally, it's... I mean, John Smoltz, when he first started out, he had to have a... Uh, professional guy take care of the mentality of how to pitch and everything I mean you know him and Maddox uh, to watch those guys when they first came up struggle now in the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. shows you a lot about their mental toughness and stick to it in this uh, I really think this game when you go through adversity it makes you a better person and there's not too many guys that can say they didn't go through any adversity when they played baseball
0: Talk about a Hall of Fame long shot. What about Mike
1: Piazza? Another great catcher with tremendous power, uh, hitting the ball the other way. I never. He probably hits the ball the other way. Hit the ball the other way better than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, uh, you know those guys. Those guys were big and strong. And really, if you think about it, Piazza, when he first came up, I looked at some pictures of him. He was a scrawny dude. Yeah. And he made himself into a real, well, a great player. So you take your hat off those guys. He never got drafted. You know, he didn't get the opportunity. Uh, the Dodgers signed him.
0: Well, they signed him basically as a favor. Right, to Tommy. He was sort of. Right. That's understand. why I look back. You
1: know, I, that, my first year was the first year of the draft. And I didn't I didn't even get a smell of the draft. So, uh you know, to say he never got drafted and played 16 years in the big leagues. That's yeah, that's one of these guys, the number one picks. They say, oh, he can't miss. Well, yeah, you can't miss, yeah. you know. How did you get signed? Eddie Bachman, uh, the scout for the Phillies, watched me play junior college because I didn't play high school. I got cut. Really? Are you serious? Every year I didn't play high school baseball. They said I was too small. So he came to a I I went to – I was playing in the summer – and the college coach was Del Bandy, and he says, uh, I'd like you to come out for my team. And I looked at him, and I went, I didn't even make my high school team. How am I going to play for you? Sure. He said, I'll give you every opportunity to play. So I went there, and I, and I played two years. I made all-conference as a shortstop. Eddie Bachman saw me, and he told the Phillies, he says, I got a guy that uh, he can catch the ball, he can run, he can throw. I don't know if he's going to hit, but in the long run, he'd be a good organization guy. You know, he might play double-A, triple-A if you need a stopgap. So I guess he sent some video of me to Paul Owens. They were at the winter meetings, and they put a big sheet on the, on the wall, and they ran this video. And Paul Owens says, man, this guy looked pretty fast. He says, I don't know if he's going to hit, but got a good arm. Let's take a shot. What is it going to take to Simon? And Eddie says, I can get him for $2,000. So when Eddie came to, the bar, to my house, uh, he says, we're going to sign in. You know, my dad was all excited. and I said, great. I didn't even ask him. He said, we're going to give you $2,000. I went, oh, great. So I got $2,000. By the time they took taxes out I don't know what I cleared, but what uh, what was the school you went to? McClatchy High School, in Sacramento. And uh, Junior College? Sacramento uh, Junior College.
0: Sacramento? yeah And you, you were there for two years? Yes. You yep. got
1: signed? Yep.
0: I think, I'm still amazed because I've never heard this story. That you never switch in until you were you're in A first year. Triple A. So I mean, then you went back. Right. Eugene, Oregon.
1: And of course, I went to. After that year, I went to instructional league, which people don't even do that anymore. But it was an honor for us to go to the instructional league. Because if you got asked to go to the instructional league, you were considered a uh, prospect. So when they told me, hey, after you play Triple A, you got to go down to the instructional league, and at that time, instructional league was like five or six weeks. It wasn't three weeks so i went down there and learned how to switch hit. struggled my first year in a big league switch hitting ended up hitting 250 though i mean so, so i probably said that i end up running 250 because i could run a few leg hits in there yeah oh, a
0: lot of leg hits butts <laughs> slaps everything <laughs> So we were talking about how the game has changed on the field, the rules, and so forth. What about with the whole financial structure? Well,
1: obviously, I'm, I'm all four guys making money. There's no question about that. But you got guys, utility players, making two or three million dollars a year. That's a pretty good way to make a living. It is. So, but hey, if the owners didn't have it, they wouldn't give it to them. I'm, you know, I'm, that part doesn't bother me at all. I'm glad for these guys. You know, that they can make that kind of money and take care of their families the rest of their life. Uh, It would have been nice to do that when we played, but everything being what it is at that time, we thought it was a lot of money what we made. So I'm sure guys before us went, God,
0: you see that kind of money?
1: You know, it's always like that.
0: There are some guys played in your era and before and after who are very resentful. What always, you know, I grew up a Ted Williams fan. And uh, Ted was a guy who never seemed to, you know, look back or say these he embraced the young players.
1: Yeah, I think I, I like the young players. I think they got a lot of ability. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of them have good work ethic. Some of them don't. But no, I think it's great that they can make this kind of money. Like I said. It, if the owners didn't have it, they wouldn't be giving it out. So, right. you know, more you power to charity. There, no, more power to them. With the TV contracts, the way they are,
0: that's that's great. Is there some question that no one has ever asked you that you think they should have, or that I should have, or something that's just never come up that you think is important? Uh, to you or the game? No,
1: the only thing that that, that 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 I would like to, you know, if I had to get something out there is. It doesn't matter in baseball, uh, your size, your weight. Uh, if you've got a big heart and, you get, and you're willing to work, and you're willing to put in an hour, I don't mean an hour a day. I mean a lot of hours, six, seven hours a day. And you want it bad enough, you can go out and get it. Uh, but again, people, a lot of guys say, yeah, I want it. But do they really want it? Do they want to sacrifice in the summertime when I was playing legion ball and stuff like that not going on vacations just playing baseball in summer. going to William Lamb park which is in sacramento and getting there at nine in the morning and staying until four at night four in the afternoon had to get there because we had a bunch of guys that played that they had about eight diamonds if you didn't get there in the morning and you didn't get a diamond you didn't play i remember my mom packing a lunch in the summertime got me off and picking me up uh but that, that, to me, is sacrificing, you know. It, but I wanted to do it, so... That's what it takes, Yep. Perseverance. Mm-hmm. Stick to it, in this. Yep. So. Anything else you want to add? No, I just... This game's been great to me, and I respect the heck out of it now. I respected it when I came up. Uh, I, I, I get a little annoyed at some of the antics guys do now, but, you know, again, that's... It's a different game now, it's it's more of a, it's an entertainment business, so you yeah, have learned to deal with that when you're, the bat flipping, hey, you know what, that's what it is. So. Well, if you couldn't deal with that, I wouldn't be wouldn't here, right, 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 so, I, I just, I, what I do is I think back then, I wonder if, if somebody did that to Carlton or Gibson, what would happen the next time up, but
0: I don't think, the, normal, those guys yeah. would want to know what would happen, so. Well, I think that's another thing too. I don't. These younger players, for the most part, don't have as much sense of the history of the
1: game. They don't. You know, have my, the 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 thing that I I tell you one thing I wish I I could implement if I could if I could be commissioner for a day. You know, they have these uh, seminars for these up-and-coming kids in the wintertime that are going to be in the big leagues, and they, they meet in North Carolina, and they have these speakers telling you, this is what you have to do, da-da-da-da-da. I would change that format and put it in Cooperstown and make those guys go through Cooperstown, whether you're with the Phillies. Not only go through your organization, go through all the history of the game and learn about Marvin Miller. Learn about Kurt Flood. Learn about the strikes that guys went on. The reason you're making all this money. Uh, I think that would be important to let those young kids that are coming up. That's how you get a history. You know what the history of baseball is all about, and almost make them go through the all the, uh, the different ball clubs that are, that are in, in Cooperstown. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's
0: a good idea. Yeah, yeah it really is. Well, listen. Thank you.